Okay, thank you, Rabbi Tabak, for that uh, very warm and generous introduction. Um, I definitely second Rabbi Tabak's um, comments and sentiments that uh, I view the Rav as a very uh, dear you did, as, uh, as he mentioned. We, uh, I'll remember forever the wonderful time we had uh, staying in his home and being together with uh, many of the Chaveirim in South Africa. And um, I'll get back to Rabbi Tabak in a moment. But uh, just this morning I was in shul, and uh, when davening was over, I was taking off my towels and tefillin, and the guy next to me, I turn around, and of course, uh, here, here I am in New York, and the guy next to me, he's from, he grew up in South Africa. So I couldn't waste the opportunity. I said, you know, in, in a few hours, I'm going to be speaking uh, to South Africa. He said, about what? What are you speaking about? The Shabbos Project? Uh, he said, no, not the Shabbos Project. Uh, they're making a siyam on Masechta. Uh, he said, which Masechta? Masechta Megillah, Masechta Tainan. I said, no, no, the, the, the real stuff, Masechta Erevin. Masechta Erevin in South Africa? And I said, but not just Masechta Erevin, they're also making a siyam on the Chelakei of Mishnabura. I can't believe it, he said. I, I grew up there 30 years ago. He said, he said when I grew up, it wasn't, uh, I don't remember so many people... He said, I, you know, he said he didn't remember so many people, even Shomri Shabbos. I, you know, I don't know exactly where he grew up, when he grew up. He could not believe that there was a, 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 a significant community of individuals who have dedicated themselves to learn Gemara thoroughly, to learn Mishnah thoroughly. He says, wow, it's unbelievable, the miraculous Torah revolution that has taken place all over the world, and particularly in South Africa, and uh, I told him that now when, when people look at the South African community, instead of looking at it in awe of what they've accomplished, we take inspiration from you because anybody who has any contact with um, your community is so inspired, really by the thirst and the drive and the, the yearning to, to learn at Kaddish Baruch Hu's Torah. So it's really a very deep honor for me to be part of uh, this siyum. I uh, do learn the Dirsha Mishnah Burah. I'm not uh, a regular follower of the Daf Yoimi, but if I would be learning Daf Yoimi, there's no question that um, I would like to join Rabbi Tabak's uh, Daf Academy, or as I see the Basil Fana Ravasi. Um, Rabbi Tabak is really a, a brilliant Talmud Chacham, and his, he has the rare ability to take the most complex topics and the most difficult subjects and to present it in such a clear and cogent way. And I want to wish a very big Mazel Tov to my friend Neil. I always uh, give him a shout out, but especially today, because anytime I'm in contact with Neil, how are you doing? You wouldn't believe it. I'm learning Shabbos, I'm learning Erevin with Rabbi Tabak, and and, you know, the excitement that, that he exudes from participating in this uh, learning program is really um, something that excites me. So, Mazel Tov to all of you. Double Mazel Tov. And, you know, the occasion of a Siyam, whether it's a Siyam on Mishnah Burah or whether it's a Siyam on a Masechta, is actually a very, a rare opportunity and a wondrous opportunity that we should try to take advantage of. The story goes that there was a childless woman who came in from out of town to get a bracha from the briskarov, Rabbi Yitzhak Zev Salavechik, who at the end of his life, he lived in Yushalayim. And the woman knocks on the briskarov's door, and uh, 
she asked one of the kids of the Briska Rav, can I get a bracha to have a child? So the, the children go to the Rav, and the Rav says, please tell her to come back later. And they said, you know, look, she came in from out of town, can't you just... He said, no, tell her to come back later. The lady comes back later, and this time the Briska Rav says, tell her to come back in the morning. And the children were quite surprised that the Briskarov was not giving her more attention, was sort of pushing her off, stalling. And she doesn't even live in the neighborhood, she doesn't live in the city, she would have to stay somewhere overnight. And sure enough, she comes back in the morning, the Briskarov gave her a bracha. And, but the children were, were very, um, they, they didn't understand, it did not resonate well with them that their father was pushing off this woman, but they didn't have the chutzpah to ask their father, but they were so deeply troubled by, by what their father did, they went to Rav Shach, and they said, Rav Shach, you know, this is what our father did, you're very close with him, maybe you could ask him, you know, explain what, what your, the reason for your conduct was. And the Briskarov explained to Rav Shach, he said, that when I give a bracha, or when anybody gives a bracha, not every moment in time, not every opportunity is the right opportunity. You can't just give a bracha. You need to wait for what we call an es ratzayn, a time of divine favor. And not every moment in time is a time that we could consider an es ratzayn. But at the time that I finish a masechta, or any Jew finishes a masechta, this is a time of such intense divine favor. All the amoraim, all the tanoim, all the tzaddikim, all the chachamim, whose Torah we've learned whose Torah we participate in. We invoke them, we arouse them, so to speak, and they are present when we make the Siyam. So whether we're learning the Masechta and all the various Amoram that we've quoted in Masechta Erevin, whether we're learning Shulchan Arach, whether it's the Beis Yosef, whether it's the Ramah, whether it's the Saintly Chafetz Chaim, they are all gathered today. Whether you're in... Uh, Johannesburg, whether you're in Cape Town, whether you're in Europe, or whether you're in New York. All of these Tanoim, Amoraim, Sadikim are present at our Siyam. And they've all gathered here at this monumental event. And therefore, says the Briskarov, when I make a Siyam, it is such an Esratzah, I couldn't just give this woman a bracha, I didn't know if it would be the right time. And the truth is, I thought I would finish the Masechta last night. However... I had a question on the Gemara. I couldn't resolve it, I couldn't reconcile it, and I needed to wait until the morning. But when I was able to finish the Masechta, I was able to understand and to recognize that this was the precise moment of divine favor with which I would be successful in conveying the proper bracha. So, so too, dear friends, we've all gathered this evening. For you, for me, we're still, uh, we're still during the day. But we all gathered together. We were ma'arev. We've made, we've made an Erev, like Rabbi Tabak mentioned. We've combined the Rishuyos of all the locations of everybody participating. And this is nothing less than an awesome Esratzai. And there's so many things that the Jewish people need at the present moment. Whether it's a cure from this global pandemic. Whether it's a certain security from the difficulties of the times. There are personal things that everybody needs. Let's take advantage of this wondrous Ace Ratzain, a combination of a Siyam on Gemara, a combination of a Siyam on Mishnabrura, together with people from all over the world. And let's not lose the opportunity. Let's all 
pray, be mespalel together, that the Rivan Sham grants all of Klal Yisrael and all of mankind good health, refua, safety, security. Vimale Hashem Komeshalaisenolitaiva. Very interesting rule. It's to me, it's uh, a, a fascinating principle that when you learn Masechta, well, Masechta, Erevin, Masechta, Psachim, there are these random, seemingly random Agadah Gemaras that are scattered throughout the Masechta. And we sort of take it for granted that, oh, it happens to be that when we learn Masechta Gittin, there's this seemingly random Gemara or mention about Chorben Beis HaMikdash in Parak and in the Nuns. Or when you're learning Ksubis, there seems to be this Gemara tucked away toward the end of the Masechta about the importance of living in Eretz Yisrael. However, Reb Tzadik HaKohen, in a number of his svarim, says there is nothing in Torah that's coincidental, there's nothing in Torah that's accidental. Every Agadata Gemara is in its most appropriate place. There's a reason why, says Reb Tzadik HaKohen, the Gemara that talks about the giving of the Torah, namely... Um, the Parak Rabbi Akiva that talks about uh, Kabbalah Satar is a Masechta Shabbos, right? We all know the famous Gemara about Nasa Venishma, about Kaf Aleim Harkegigis is in Parak Rabbi Akiva, and there's a reason why it's a Masechta Shabbos, namely Hakol Moidim the Beshabbos Nitna Torah. Everybody concedes that the Torah was given on Shabbos. There's a special connection between Torah and Shabbos, and therefore the giving of the Torah is mentioned specifically in Masechta Shabbos. We could say just. Just dawned on me, maybe that's the reason why Hilchais Chanukah is a Masechta Shabbos, because one of the great mitzvahs that Chanukah restores, one of the mitzvahs the Yivanim tried to, be, to abolish, was of course Shabbos. Based on this principle, we understand why the Chorben Beis Hamikdash is mentioned in Masechta Gitin, because the destruction of the Temple is something like a divorce, something like a disconnect between us and our beloved groom, God Almighty. So the same way when God destroys the temple, that is to some effect, that is like a Gerushin. On the other hand, if we have the opportunity to live in Eretz Yisrael and to connect to the Rebbe through Eretz Yisrael, that is like the Ksuba. The Ksuba shows the great love between the Chassan and the Kala. So this really opens up for us many new vistas and many new... Um, treasures of understanding and we have we're then authorized to ask why is a particular agada to gemara mentioned in a specific mesechta so let's uh use this formula and apply it to mesechta erevin amazingly many of the gemaras about talma torah about how to learn torah and how to connect to torah are mentioned specifically in mesechta erevin namely daf nun dalid is full of the methodology of learning Torah, Taner Abonan, Ketzad Seder HaMishnah. First, Hashem taught Moshe, and then to Aaron, and then to the Zekenim, and then to all of Klal Yisrael, and then Moshe. And uh, we, from here, the Gemara derives that every one needs to learn something four times before it is even considered learning something. That very same Gemara speaks about many important aspects of Limarat Torah. Namely, the Gemara says, Chash B'Roisha Yasoik B'Torah. Somebody has a headache. If somebody's not feeling well, one would think take an Advil, take a Tylenol, take it easy. And yet the Gemara says the Gemara encourages us that by 
still attaching oneself to the learning of Torah, that will be the remedy for everything. That Gemara mentions that when one, when one learns, one should articulate and enunciate the words. This is all found in Masechta Erevin. I believe Masechta Erevin talks about the importance of utilizing the nighttime for the, the study of Tyra. So, Haloi Davarhu, it can't be for nothing that so many Gemaras are in Masechta Erevin speak about Talmud Tyra. Why are they sort of couched away and hidden away in Masechta Erevin? This is a very interesting idea. There's somebody called the Yetzirah. The evil inclination. And he is a very dedicated foe. He's so dedicated, he's dedicated his entire existence to take us away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, we've had three great patriarchs in our history, each one of them who represents a different aspect of the service of Hashem. We don't find anywhere in the whole Chumash the Yetzir Hara or the angel of Esav coming and wrestling with Avraham Avinu. Did you ever read a story? Avraham Avinu was inviting guests. He saw some uh, some of our cousins in the distance and he ran to them and the Yetzir Hara ran after Avraham and they got into the wrestling rink and Avraham, uh, he pinned him and then the Yetzir pinned Avraham and ultimately... The Yitzhara socked him in the hip, and no, oh, and Abraham pins him down. No, there's no such story. That never happened. Likewise with Yitzchak. Yitzchak, of course, is the the um, Av who specializes in Midas Hagevura in service of Hashem. He uh, exemplified, personified prayer. We don't find that one day Yitzchak, on the way to Mincha, encounters the Yitzhara, and the Yitzhara tries to attack him and wrestle with him. That never happened. And yet we, we, we are going to encounter in a few weeks, Parshas Vayishlach, Yaakov Avinu forgot a few uh, cups, you know, on the other side of the river, and all of a sudden he encounters the Yitzhar, and they get into the wrestling rink, and uh, the Yitzhar pins down Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov pins the Yitzhar, and they get into a whole fight, and he hits Yaakov in the hip socket, and ultimately Yaakov ties him down, and uh, Yaakov wins the, the match. The only Av that the Yetzirah attempts to destroy, obliterate, and kill was Yaakov Avinu. Why? Why? Why is he not busy with Abraham? Why is he not busy with Yitzchak? Why is he specifically busy with Yaakov Avinu? And the Chafetz Chaim, in the Chafetz Chaim al and this is quoted by Rabbi Hanan Wasserman in the Kaivetz Ha'arais, the Chafetz Chaim says from here we see a very powerful idea in Judaism. And that is, as important as chesed is, as important as good deeds are, as important as it is to be magnanimous, to be kind-hearted, to be giving, to do chesed to other Jews. After all, the whole world is built on chesed. Oilam chesed Nevertheless, the Yitzhahara can tolerate chesed. He can be soivalet. So Avram Avinu is the paragon of chesed. He doesn't really stare and bother the Yitzhahara. The Yitzhahara says, okay, let the guy do chesed. Let him alone. Let him be. Yitzchak Avinu, he's davening all day. He's davening mincha. He's davening for Rivka. Yitzchak Avinu is davening. He's davening. He's davening. And the Yitzhahara says, let him daven. Let him be. It doesn't bother me. I could be soivalet. I could, I could tolerate it. 
But Yaakov Avinu is the Ishtam Yoshevay Halim. Yaakov Avinu is the Av dedicated to Limona Torah. He personifies Torah. Titain Ms. Yaakov. Torah, says the Chafetz Chaim, is the antidote, is the kryptonite of the Yetzahara. Like the Gemara says in Kedushin, Barasi Yetzahara, Barasi Torah Tavlin. Torah literally destroys the Yetzahara. Chesed is wonderful, but it doesn't us destroy the Yetzahara. Tefillah is amazing. It's critical. It's crucial. It's fundamental. It does not bother the Yetzahara. But the Yetzahara will be utterly obliterated through Liman HaTayra. And therefore the Yetzahara says, when it comes to Yaakov Avinu, it's either me or him. There's no room for the two of us. Avram Avinu, I could be soivel a world of Avraham Avinu. I could tolerate a world of Yitzchak Avinu. I cannot tolerate Yaakov. If there's going to be a Yaakov, if there's going to be Liman HaTayra, there's going to be no me. And if there's going to be me, there cannot be him. And therefore the Yitzhahara offered his best, gave his best attempt to destroy Yaakov Avinu. However, this is not what we're here for this evening. Because Yaakov Avinu knew that the Yitzhahara cannot stand learning. However, even the Yitzhahara can tolerate abyssal learning. A little learning he could be soivel, he could tolerate. But there's one thing in this world that is literally the destruction of the Yitzhahara. And it's not Erevin. And it's not Mishnah Baruch Helekei. It's not Dav Beis of Erevin. And it's not Hilchos Pesach of Mishnah Baruch. And it's not Hilchos Yomtev of Mishnah Baruch. And it's not Dav Chavzayin of Erevin. You know what it is? The Yitzhahara's name, and we don't like to say it, but his full name is Samach Mem Aleph Lamed. And I don't even want to pronounce it because it's not a it's not something you like to say. It's like a dirty word. I'll leave that for a rabbi who's bigger than me to say. But his name is Samach Mem Aleph Lamed. The Sefer Imre Noyam he reveals that what does what do the letters Samach Mem Aleph Lamed stand for? It stands for what is the banner of the Yitzhahara. You know what the Yitzhahara stands for? He says, you want to learn? Learn. You want to learn some Eon? Maybe you could do that. You want to learn a parak of Gemara? No problem. You want to have a Seder in an Amorah day? Do whatever you want. Learn this, learn that. But one thing I tell you, Samach Mem Aleph Lamed. Siyum Mesechta Ein Lasois. <laughs> Don't make a siyum. You could learn and learn and learn. Siyum mesechta ein lasois. Don't you dare finish a mesechta. Don't you dare finish a chilek of Mishnabura. Because if you have an attachment to learning Taira, to the extent where you're completing volumes of Taira, if that is the level of your connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then you're going to blow me out of the water. That is the number one target of the Yitzhahara. Start learning. Tomorrow, go to Rabbi Tabak's Basil Funer Abasi. Tomorrow, you could go to the Daf Academy and you could learn Daf Beis of Psachim, Daf Gimel of Psachim. But don't 
finish the Masechta, because when you finish a Masechta, it is an arrow, it's a dagger in the heart of the Yitzhahara. The Yitzhahara stands for Siyum Masechta Ein Lasoi. Says the Imre Noyam, this week's Parsha, what better Parsha to make a Siyum than Parsha's Vayetzeh? Vayikatz Yaakov, Mishin Asai. Yaakov woke up literally from his sleep, says Voracious Rabba. Al Tikri Mishnasai, Ella Mi Mishnasai, from his learning. Yaakov Avinu was learning. And Yaakov Avinu knew that learning alone is not going to destroy the Yitzhahara. The only way to destroy the Yitzhahara is to make a Siyam. Vihine Sulam. Sulam stands for Siyam. Mesechta. Lasois. Yaakov Avinu knows that it's not good enough just to learn Torah. But Sulam, you got to make a Siyam. You need to have a level of attachment to Talmud Torah where you're completing volumes, where you're... You're finishing Masechtas. You're finishing books of the Mishnah Bura. That's a real dagger in the heart of the Yitzhahara. And what do we say at every Siyam? Of Rabbi Shoben Chalafta. Asid HaKadosh Baruch Hu. God is destined. Lahanchel to be quith. L'chol tzadik v'tzadik. Shayoy Lomais. 310 worlds. So Yaakov says, Sulam, Siyam, Masechta, Lasois. He says, Ochein, Yesh. Yesh refers to the Shai Oilamois of making a Siyam. This was Yaakov Avinu's attempt to really put a dagger in the heart of the Yitzhahara. And this is one of the reasons why a Siyam is such a monumental occasion, is such an Isratzayim. Because literally when a group of Jews get together to celebrate their completion, not of a little bit of learning, but of a significant portion of the Torah to the extent that they could say, Hadrin Allah Masachta Erevin. Salik Chelak He Mishnabura. The Yitzhahara is literally left reeling. This is this is a reenactment of what Yaakov Avinu does in the beginning of this parsha. Vihine Sulam Siyam Masachta Lasois Achein Yesh Hashem. Now, many people are very hesitant when it comes to Masachta Erevin. And for good reason, aside from the fact that it's very difficult. But perhaps you may have heard that there are three extremely difficult Masechtas and Shas. Ani, Erevin, Nida, Yevamais. In fact, Reb Chaim Falaji brings that there were people who didn't want to learn these Masechtas because they felt it would somehow mitigate their livelihood. Ani, and it would make them poor. And Reb Chaim Falaji says, no, just the opposite. Oni, this is the antidote. This is how we counteract. This is the greatest zuchus, the greatest merit that we could accrue, the greatest privilege, the greatest zuchus that we can gain to gain parnasam and ashamayim is Erevin, Nida, and Yivamais. However, if you look in the Raya Mehemna, if you look in the Zayar HaKadosh, the Zayar HaKadosh says, this remez, Ani, Erevin, Nida, Yevamois, Ani, you know what Ani, which Ani this refers to? This Ani refers to, Ani, Veroichev, Alchamar. This Ani, of Erevin, Nida, and Yevamois, refers to the poor man riding on the donkey. Who's the poor man who rides on the donkey? Mashiach. That by learning Erevin, 
Nida and Yevamois, these Mesechtois bring Mashiach Tzakein. In fact, just minutes before I started, I saw quoted from the great Marsham, one of the greatest Poiskim of the 20th century, excuse me, of the 19th century, that which Mesechta of all the Mesechtois is Merumas in the word Ani, which refers to Mashiach, Erevin. Says the Marsham, of all the Mesechtois and Shas that could bring Mashiach closer, the Marsham says, if the Zayar says Ani refers to Erevin, Nida, and Yivamois, Mesechta Erevin will bring the Mashiach, hasten his coming more than any other Mesechta and Shas. Why would that be? What is the connection between Erevin and the coming of Mashiach? So in the Sefer Master Rekeach, we'll say this very briefly, he brings incredible words. The Arizal teaches us that all difficulty came to the world when 288 klipais, 288 forces of Tumah, sort of were unleashed on the world. Reish Pei Ches. Reish Pei Ches. 288. They were unleashed on the world. These are sparks of holiness that got lost in the klipais and they died, so to speak. This is alluded to in the very beginning of the Torah. Veruach Eloikim Mirachefes. The word Mirachefes, which the Medrash says refers to the coming of Mashiach, can be broken down. Reish Peiches. 288 sparks, mace, have died and got, gotten lost. So how do we recover these 288 sparks? Well, says the Maseroikeach, Erov, 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 take the word Erov. Ayin on the right side. Bez on the left side. That's 72. That is God's 72-letter name. We know God has a 72-letter name. But that 72-letter name is actually created by three consecutive 72-letter psukim in the Torah. In Parshas B'Shalach, we have three consecutive 72-letter psukim in the Torah. These three 72-letter psukim form the uh, 216. Now, says the Master Rekeach, the word Eruv then is on the edge, Ayin Beis, 72, that's God's 72-letter name, which is created by Resh Yudvav in the middle of Eruv. Eruv in total is Gematria 288, because by learning Erevin, says the Master Rekeach, it brings Mashiach ever closer. It is literally the way that we recover the 288 sparks that were lost in the beginning of creation. Through the learning of Masechta Erevin primarily, it retrieves the world, it restores the world to the level that it was on before the sin of Adam Arishan. Marva Abaisai, my dear friends, Masechta Erevin, who enacted Erev? Who's Takana of Erev? Shleimai Hamelach. What did the Baskal cry out when Shlomo Amelch enacted Erov? Ah, oh, libcha yismach gamoni. The heavenly voice pro- proclaimed, Shlomo, you made this takana. My heart will rejoice. Yismach, yismach. The Svarim teach us is oisios Mashiach. That by learning Masechta Erovin, it brings the coming of Mashiach ever closer. Now, what do we have to do to bring Mashiach? 
The truth is, we have two sources. One source is the Gemara and Yuma. The Gemara and Yuma is Sinas Chinam, destroyed the second temple. So possibly, we could say, based on what Rabbi Tabak mentioned, that the the function of an Erev is to unite Klal Yisrael. So this is one way with which we bring Mashiach ever closer. That is why Erevin, the Masechta that talks about uniting Rishuyos, is the Masechta, the first Masechta of Ani, which will bring the Ani Varechev al Chamar. However, the Ramchal writes, and there are many other sources, as well as the Arachayim HaKadosh, that we went into Golos four times, and each one of the four exiles we will be redeemed in the merit of another great individual. The first exile were redeemed in the merit of Avraham, the second in the merit of Yitzchak, the third in the merit of Yaakov. But the fourth exile, we will only be redeemed in the merit of Moshe Rabbeinu. And the Arachayim HaKadosh tells us in Parshas Tetzadah that Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who gave us the Torah. And therefore, he will not allow us to be redeemed until Klal Yisrael is fully and totally devoted to the study of Torah. Can we then suggest that Masechta Erevin, which is the Masechta, which is first alluded to in the word Ani, the first Masechta, the primary Masechta, that will bring us closer to Yismach Libi Gamoni, to the coming of the Mashiach, that is the Masechta that speaks about, more than any other Masechta, the method, the methodology, the importance and the vital, fundamental nature of Limarat Torah, because it is the dedication to the study of Torah which will ensure Yismach Libi Gamani, the the quick and soon arrival of the coming of Mashiach. And of course, we know of all our Limudim, it's called Hashoyne Halachos Bechoyim Muftach Loishu Ben Olam Haba. It is a study of daily Halacha which will ensure our shir in the Achras Hayamim and in the world to come. So what a marvelous occasion this is. The completion of Masechta Erevin, the Masechta that will usher in the Ani V'Reichav Al-Chamar, a Siyam on Chelek Hay of Mishnabura, which Be'ezus Hashem will soon be starting Chelek Vav, which begins the laws of Mayed Katan, Chol HaMoyed. And as we know, Chol HaMoyed is compared to the moon, Yomtev proper is compared to the sun. Chalamayed is only a function of the Golos. But when the Geula happens, we will segue from the beginning of Chelek Vav, which is Chalamayed, to the end of Chelek Vav, which is only Simcha V'yomtev L'Yisrael. So, we're Mespalel. Hadrin Alach Masechta Erevin. Hadrin Alach Mishnabrura. V'hadra Chalan. May we always be dedicated to our Limudim, to Shisha Sidre Mishnah, to Masechtais, to Limar of Halacha, and uh, what an honor it is to join you in this uh, marvelous siyum. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu see from Shemayim this wondrous gathering, and we should all be mispalel for everything that we need, everything Klal Yisrael needs, and all of our tefillah should be neskabel, berachamim of Ratzayin, mazel tov, mazel tov. Amen.